welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Lan. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. All right. So at the City Light Church, we usually go by an annual theme. And then we break it down into monthly themes. And we just develop the same idea throughout the year. At the beginning of this year, God spoke to us that this year uh, is going to be a year of his show. So our tag for this year, theme for this year at the City Light Church is, It's a God Show. It's a God Show. It's a God Show. This year, God is acting. God is working. God is creating a show. God is making a movie. God is doing something. And, you know, he says, God says that we are going to experience, we're going to see that show, we're going to be glad, and then we are going to be a part of that show also. He's going to make our lives a part of that show, and other people will be glad. And I can tell you, the first four months of this year, I can really say it's been a God show. It's been a God show. I mean, all the things that are happening in the world right now, God is walking in the midst of it and through it. A lot of amazing things are happening uh, in people's lives, in my own life, in the lives of people that I'm hearing from. It's happening in the body. We're learning new things. We're we're, we're, we're tapping into our creativity. We're realigning ourselves. We're walking in our purpose. We're seeing new things from God. We're spending time in prayer. We're developing ourselves in different areas. We're having encounters with God. God is showing us. Even though the world is, is on the, you know, has gone low, you know, we are experiencing God's show. God told us in the year that King Uzziah that Isaiah saw the Lord at the beginning of the year. You know, we call, I, I remember that message was called, Go Low. Go look for the God show. So go look, slow down, go look for the God show. And, you know, that's exactly what is happening right now. Um, we, are think, we, we are all slowing down. We are all, you know, facing some kind of restriction. I'm going to be talking more about that uh, restraint today. But yet in the midst of it, God is now showing himself. Because when everything is cut down, when all our dependency, when everything that we have looked to, that we have thought it was, is cut down, and then we see that those things are so ephemeral, those things are so transient, then we can turn our attention fully to what is real and that can never truly change. And that is God and what he has promised us and what he has said in his word. His word is real. His word can never change. His purpose for us is real. It will not change. His love for us is real. It will not change. We can never be separated from the love of God. Even though everything changes, everything moves, everything shifts, God's love can never shift. He does not shift. He does not change. So at this time, we can depend on him. We can look to him. And I'm excited that this is happening in the lives of people. So please, this month, in this month of May, um, our theme is virtual realities. Virtual realities. Virtual realities. Virtual realities. You know, when this thing came to me, you know, I took some time to just think about it, and I shared it with some of our leadership team, and we're just mulling on it. You know, the word virtual realities just came to me, and my wife and I were reading something or so, and while I was, when we were reading it, the word just came to me, and I wrote it down. And the Spirit of God just began to develop it more and more. 
uh, in my spirit. Virtual uh, realities. Vir- virtual reality. Number one, the word virtual, first of all, you'll notice that most of the things that we're doing right now, we're doing it virtually. We are, you know, communicating virtually. We're having meetings uh, virtually. We're talking to some members of our families and friends virtually. We're doing ministry virtually. We're working virtually. You know, we are a lot of virtual things, Zoom, uh, Google Hangout, and all that. And then the word just came to me that, wow, there are certain realities. There are certain realities that follow, certain experiences that people go through during this time that follow, I mean, that, that uh, come as a result of this whole new world that we're living in of uh, lockdown and restriction. That there are certain realities. There are certain realities going on in certain families. There are certain realities going on in our, in our emotions, in our spirit, you know, around us, at work. There are certain realities. And some of these realities are things that, you know, that, you know, that um, affect us personally. They affect us personally. People are responding in different ways uh, to these uh, restrictions, to these lockdowns and all that. So those are some realities that we're confronted with. Now, the word virtual reality also spoke to the, to the fact that, um, you know, when you, when you, if, if you have ever, um, you know, maybe ex- experienced, used a virtual reality headset or or just experience virtual reality, or maybe you read about it, or whatever. Virtual reality, um, it's actually a, a, a show. It's a kind of a show, just like the God show. Amen. It's a show, but it, in virtual reality, what happens is that you are transformed and translated. You are translated from really this physical world, and you are translated into another world, another world where you begin to see things uh, differently. Uh, you begin to see things that are uh, that, you know, you know, that seems so real. That seems so real to you, but they are not truly real. They are not truly uh, real. So that's uh, the virtual reality world. So people go in there, you know, put on the headset. You can, you know, do different things, play games, you know, even meet with people, do different things. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a part of tech, tech that is, you know, really developing right now. So, but the thing about virtual reality is, is that it's not necessarily are the true reality. So, what I'm saying is that all these realities that we're seeing around us, you know, so we need to be very careful to understand that these are not truly, these are not truly the real thing. There's another world. There's another set of realities that God shows in the midst of what is going on right now. There's another set of realities, and that is the one that we truly need to zoom on. We truly need to focus on. Those are the things the things that God will show us in that world are the things that will really mark our lives, transform our destinies, uh, cause us to be able to experience what God has planned for this hour. So we want to be very careful that we don't get caught up in the current realities, that we forget that there are some other realities that God is trying to show us, that we get engaged in those realities, and God says, I'm going to show you some extraordinary things in the month of May. I'm praying that God will show you some things in the month of May that will cause your perspectives to shift, that will cause your vision to enlarge, that will cause your purpose, your purpose in this life to be clear, that will cause the purpose of this season to be clear, that will cause you to be prepared for the uh, for after this season that will position you for this decade, that will position you for the chances that are coming your way in this decade and that are coming to you after this season, that you will see what is real, 
what is truly real. So we're going to deal with those two sets of realities this month. For the physical realities, uh, all these things happening around us, we're not going to deny them. We're going to be real. And that's why we're, we're opening up, um, you know, we're going to be opening up, uh, like, uh, doing some stuff where people can share testimonies about what is going on in their lives. And, you know, we're all going to be, we're going to be real. We're going to be real. I'm going to talk about that in my message in just a little bit. And then at the same time, we are going to go to, into the higher realities and proclaim the higher realities despite what we see. Amen and amen and amen. So, well, the title of my message today is um, Keeping It Real. Keeping it real, just keeping it very simple, keeping it real. And I'm going to be taking uh, my text from our text for this month, which is 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18 is our text for this month. So I'm going to read it now. It says, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. So the realities that are around us, what is going on? We don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. We turn our attention on the invisible realities. We turn our attention on another level of reality. We focus on the true realities. He said, for the things we see now, all the things going on right now, will soon be gone. They will soon be gone. The lockdown will soon be gone. Coronavirus will soon be gone. It is temporary. It is subject to change. The restrictions that we face right now will soon be gone. But the things that we cannot see, that we are looking at, the invisible thing, the, the things that are not visible to the physical eyes, the realities that are not visible to the physical eyes that we allow God to show us concerning our vision, concerning our purpose, concerning his revelation, concerning us in his word. He said, these things are the things that will last forever. So I want to tell you, friends, this month we want to focus on what will last forever, not focus on what is ephemeral, what is shifting. What is changing? We want to focus on our purpose. We want to focus on our reason. We want to focus on God. We want to focus on the realities, the true realities that God has made available to us. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm so excited. Just sharing that is just excitement what we're going to be talking about this month as we look into that world and take an adventure into the world of um, of these unseen realities as we experience a, a, a new level in the God show, as God takes us into a world that transcends our experiences right now, and God takes us into the worlds of visions and revelations and encounters with Him, um, encounters with the Holy Spirit, God showing us things that we do not know, that which I have not seen, which ears have not seen, which has not entered into the heart of man, which God has ordained for those who love him. And we love him. And so God has ordained these unseen things to us. And God is going to be unveiling them to us by his spirit. God is going to be showing us by his spirit. And we're going to rise up. And we're going to be ready. We're going to be prepared. 
we're going to be, we're, we're going to be able to address um, what is coming our ways because God is doing something. God is doing a new thing and it will spring forth. It's going to spring forth and we shall see it. So that's what we're going to be doing in the month of May. We're going to be exploring this world. So I'm, I want you to expect to see beyond the ordinary in the month of May. Amen. So the title of my message today is Keeping It Real. So let's, let's, let's go into it. I'll do it you know, very quickly. Keeping it real. So we're going to uh, be, in order for us to understand 2 Corinthians 4.18 very well, you, we have to understand the context of what Paul was saying there. Now we don't look at the troubles we can see now. We fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. We want to know what is the context. You know, when we understand the context of what Paul was saying, then we'll be able to get the best out of the message that he's giving us here. And that's why I'm going to take some time to talk about the book of 2 Corinthians, and I'm going to take some time today to talk about uh, what, you know, what Paul was actually dealing with in the book of 2 Corinthians. And really, it's going to, I believe he's going to minister to you. And that's why I'm calling it Keeping It Real. Paul was so real <laughs> in, the book of, in the book of 2 Corinthians. You know. I mean, the, the, the book of 2 Corinthians, I would say, is Paul's most personal letter. Now, he wrote some letters to, to individuals like Titus and Timothy, but it's not even as personal as 2 Corinthians. In most of the letters of Paul, Paul was dealing with the dramas of other people, the dramas of the churches, what's going on in the churches, and you know, he was trying to correct things, trying to do that. But in 2 Corinthians, Paul was dealing with his own personal drama. <laughs> His own personal drama, especially in relation to the church in Corinth. You know, he was dealing with his own personal drama. And from his own personal drama and how he was able to handle the personal drama, we're going to learn a lot about how to be, be able to walk in the realities that God has called us to walk in. So let me give you uh, just some quick um, contextual information about 2 Corinthians. So now, 2 Corinthians is actually not the second letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthians. It's actually the fourth letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthians. Two of the letters that Paul wrote to the Corinthians are missing. We don't have them. So we only have 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. But it's the fourth letter he wrote. Now, the book of 1 Corinthians, um, you know, was written about... I mean, this 2 Corinthians was written about a year after Paul wrote 1 Corinthians. But in those books, Paul talked about some other letters, two other letters that he wrote to the Corinthians that we do not have, uh, we do not have a record of it. This is, this is the one that God wants to have a record of, and that's what, you know, that's what, um, we, you know, that's what we, we have right now as God's revelation to us. So, so basically, this is what was going on. Now, Paul had written a letter to them. Before, you know that letter he wrote in 1 Corinthians correcting certain things going on within the church and so on. He wrote the letter. But then, Paul got a message. You know, he sent Timothy. So, Paul got a message from Timothy that, wow, when I went to Corinth, so he sent him. Paul was at Ephesus. So, Paul sent Timothy to Corinth. Uh, Corinth was, you know, one of the cities in, you know, um, Achaia, or whatever they call it. You know, it was like a a major city in there. And so Paul sends, um, sends Timothy to go there. And then Timothy goes there and comes back to Paul. That when I went to, when I went to Corinth, what I experienced there was so terrible that the people were so 
rebellious. The people were so, like, they did not even want to listen to you. They don't even believe that you are an apostle anymore. There are some people that have come in there that are now telling them, that telling them that you are, you know, you are not an apostle. You are not, you know, you know, God has not called you. You are just deceiving people. You are just doing all that. So brought the message to Paul. And Paul heard the message and Paul was discouraged. So Paul was like, I'm going to go there and then I'm going to go, I'm going to go there and I'm going to do some, uh, some correction because he actually founded the church. So Paul goes to Corinth. He was supposed, you know, first of all to go to Macedonia, you know, and then go to, you know, and then go to Corinth later. So he decided, you know, he went, you know, he went to Corinth. And when he got there, he met the same opposition. He made the same confrontation that Paul had to leave the place. He had to just leave. I mean, have, have you been in some situations before, you know, when you thought that when I go there, I'm just going to fix this thing? You know, many of us are like fixers. We always want to fix every relationship, fix every issue. But Paul goes there and he could not fix it. So he had to go. You know, he just, he just left. So when Paul left, Paul penned a letter to them. We don't have that letter. <laughs> I don't, you know, I can imagine how God doesn't want us to have that letter. Paul penned a letter to them that was so terrible, like he rebuked them. He did, you know, it's not the letter in 1 Corinthians. It was a tougher letter. It was a tough letter. Paul talked about it, you know, in 2 Corinthians, you know, chapter 2, verse 1. You know, he, he sent that letter to them. And when the people received the letter, you know, some of them repented, but some people still did not repent. They still did not repent. So Paul says, you know, you know I, I, I want to come back. And when I come back, I'm going to confront those people that have not repented. You know, and then Paul now writes 2 Corinthians to them, you know, you know, just to correct those things and to, you know, to set things straight. So in the midst, uh, in, in, uh, in this letter, as Paul was writing the letter, you could see that Paul was expressing what he was going through what he was personally going through and how he wanted things, you know, how he, you know, he wanted things to change in his relationship with the Corinthians and their relationship to God and then, you know, to deal with all those people that were causing problems within the church. And that's why I call Second Corinthians Paul's drama letter. The letter is about Paul's drama and how God, how God how Paul, how Paul was able to navigate the drama, the current realities, the troubles that he was going through. So Paul was teaching us there how to deal with trouble, how to deal with drama, how to deal with drama. Now, interesting thing, there are, there are 10 Greek words translated suffering in the Greek language. Paul, in the book of 2 Corinthians, Paul used five of them. Just 2 Corinthians alone, he used five of those, of those words translated suffering or trouble. He used five of them. The one that he used the most frequently in this passage is actually the focus of, uh, of my message today. The one he used most frequent, frequently is the word, you know, you know, tlipis, which means to be confined. It means narrow. It means confined. It means to be under pressure, to be restrained. So when Paul talked about trouble here, he was talking about constraint, restraint, to be under pressure, you know, to, 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 to just want to do something and not, be able to, and not be able to do it. He was facing restraint, you know, from uh, those people that were, you know, standing, opposing him there. You know, he was facing restraint as he was doing the, the work of the gospel. So constraint. So Paul was talking about it. 
So what Paul was talking about in the book of Corinthians is how we can let the glory of God shine in the midst of constraints. How to respond to constraints. How we can respond to the current realities that wants to constrain us, that wants to hold us down, that wants to, uh, to distract us, that puts pressure on us, all manners of pressure on us. Paul was, teach, was trying to show us in the book of 2 Corinthians from his own examples and from his word, you know, how he dealt with, with these constraints, how we can also deal with the constraint. And I believe this is going to bless you today. So, the, you know, so we're talking about keeping it real. Keeping it real. Paul really kept it real. And that's why my first point today is the reality of constraints. I'm going to be talking, I'm going through three, three major points. The reality of constraints. It's important for us to know that in our world, in our work with God, we're going to face pressure. We're going to go through seasons where it feels we're constrained. We're going to meet constraints at different times. It's part of you know, the, the package of being a believer. It's part, part of the package of being human, actually. That you're going to face troubles. You're going to face some tribulations. You're going to face some constraints. Some constraints. Let, let's look at you know, some of the kind of constraints that we're going to face from the examples of Paul. The first one. We're, you know, we're going to face the, the first uh, category of constraint we're going to face are the things that, will, that happen to us. So the first category are the things that happen to us. I'm sure since you have been in this lockdown, in this constraint, certain things have been happening to you. These are not things that you caused. These are just things that are happening to you, things that are coming to you. Let's look at some of the things that, you know, Paul talked about that happened to him. The first one, Paul says he went through extreme Pressure. It was going through ex- extreme pressure. The things that happened to us, extreme pressure. Extreme pressure. Uh, that's the first one. Uh, look at it. Um, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, I love the NKJV. Let's look at the NKJV. It says, for we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verse 8. From verse 8. He says, we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us. So things that happen to us. Things that happen to us. So some things come to you. They happen to you. Right now, something is happening to somebody right now. Something is happening to you, right? They happen to us. Constraint from things that happen to us. He said, we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us, or our constraints, our, you know, our restrictions, our pressures, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Paul says certain things happened to him, that created certain things that began to happen in him. And we're going to talk about things that happen in us. The pressures that happen to us in life, they, they come so that they can, they can enter us and now determine what happens in us. What happens to us come so that they can now determine what happens in us. And that's why one of the things that we've got to be, make sure is that 
as, you know, as we experience pressure, we want to make sure that even though our, our boat you know, might have water, you know, water trying to come, you know, water all around it trying to come, but we do not allow the water to get inside our boat. We don't allow the water to get inside us. We don't allow the troubles to get inside us. But things happen to us so that they can begin to happen in us. Maybe some things have been happening to you right now. Well, the goal is that it can, so that it can change what's going on inside of you. So that you can, you know, you can change your perspective. You can change your joy. You can change your, you know, your focus. You can, you can stop your, you know, stop, you know, you know, you know, working in God's divine purpose. So that you can put to a stop the things that God is already do, doing inside of you. So he said we went through extreme pressure. Let's look at, you know, another one. Under extreme pressure. He said, went through extreme pressure. Extreme pressure. He said, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 to 10, he said, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. 2 Corinthians 1, 8 to 10. He said, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability. Beyond our ability. Uh, let's start from, uh, from verse 8. Verse 8. Uh, from verse 8. He says, we think you ought to know, brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through. He said, we're crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely more, to rely only on God, who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. So Paul says they went through external pressure. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, from verse 6 to 8 to 9, he talked about the pressure again. He said, we are, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but we are never abandoned by God. We're knocked down, but we are not destroyed. So he says, certain things happened to us. Those things you know, knocked us down. Those things, you know, put pressure on us. You know, we, 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 we met those things and, and we, we just, we felt like giving up. It's like those things knocked us down. I want to tell you, you know, let me, let me tell you something for those who are going through, maybe you are going through some tough times right now and nobody knows about it. I want to tell you, even if you are falling, even if you, you know, the thing hits you and you are falling, I want you to know that the fact that you fell does not mean that you have to stay down there. You know, it might knock you down, but it's not, it's not going to knock you out. I want you to rise up. Paul says we're knocked down, you know, but we have not been abandoned. We're knocked down, but we're not knocked out. No matter what has happened to you so far, it might have knocked you down, but it has not knocked you out. You tell, you say it right now, I am not knocked out. I can still arise again. I can still continue, no matter what is happening to you at this time. Hallelujah. He said we are pressed, but we're, but, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed but we are not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. So Paul talked, talked about the restraint, the constraints that come as a result of things that happen to us. We don't cause it. It's not us causing it, but these things just come and they happen to us. The next type of uh, trouble or constraint that Paul went through came through the mischaracterization of his motives by other people. I tell you, some of the, some of the biggest challenges that you're going to face, you know, as a believer or as a human, they're going to be relational 
uh, you know, relational challenges, relational constraints, different things. So Paul was trying to do everything to help the Corinthians. But some people were mischaracterizing his motives. Some people were saying, oh, he's, just, he's not a man of God. He's just trying to do all that. He's just trying to manipulate people. And people were preaching it about, and that's what Paul heard, that Paul had to send Titus to them, to go and talk to them. That before he came, he sent Titus to them, you know, said, go, go, go look at what is happening in the Corinthian church. This is what they are saying. And then he wrote this letter, uh, this letter to them. Look at it. He says, we can say with confidence and a clear conscience that we have lived with a God-given holiness and sincerity in all our dealings. People were saying that it's not sincere. We have depended on God's grace, not on our own human wisdom. This is how we have conducted ourselves before the world, and especially towards you. Because that's what they were saying. They were saying that his motives were not okay. In 2 Corinthians uh, 2 verse 17, some people were actually calling him a hawkster. A hawkster. He said, you see, we're not like the many hawksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. So they were telling Paul that, you know, you are, you're just an hawkster. You're just, you're just trying to do all these things. It's just for yourself. You're not really a servant of God and all that. And the thing was just spreading. So Paul was going through this personal drama. How about you? Are people misjudging your motives for the things that you are doing? Are people telling you, you are trying to do everything, you are trying to do it from your sincerity, but people are, telling, people are mischaracterizing it. They are calling you that and that. So there are going to be relational constraints that come, things that will happen right now between husband and wife, between kids and, and wife, between friends and friends, between roommates and, you know, between employees, employers and all that. All kinds of things will, try, you know, will happen. You know, they are part of the current realities, the physical realities of the moment, our virtual realities. Hallelujah. Amen. But Paul was, was telling us in, in 2 Corinthians that I went through exactly the same thing. And then the next thing that happened was confrontations with troublemakers. You know, I already talked about that. Paul actually, you know, people actually confronted him. Some troublemakers, you know, when he went to Corinth, they confronted him. You know, they, it was actually a physical, I mean, I, I don't want to say, you know, physical, physical, it wasn't a physical altercation in that sense. But it was, you know, a face-to-face -face confrontation. They said, we are not going to listen to you. You are not an apostle over us anymore. We, you know, you are, we're not going to listen to whatever you are preaching. There was a particular guy that Paul had to write to them that you better remove this guy from your, from your assembly because this guy is doing the wrong thing and leading all of you astray. Look at what he says uh, about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 from verse 5 to 11. He said, I'm not overstating it when I say that the man who caused all the trouble hurt all of you more than he hurt me. So Paul was hurt. He was hurt. But he says, you know, he hurt, he hurt, you know, you more than he hurt me. Most of you opposed him. But, and that was punishment enough. Now, however, it is time to forgive and to comfort him. So Paul was saying, forgive this person. But this person did something to him that hurt him. Otherwise, we may be, he may be overcome by discouragement. I urge you now to reaffirm your love for him. I wrote to you as I did to test and see that you will fully comply with my instructions. And when you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And I forgive whatever needs to be forgiven. I do so with the authority, with Christ's authority for your benefit, so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his schemes. So Paul says, I forgive this guy, even though this guy hurt me. So there are people who hurt that Paul had to forgive. Then he goes on to say, I'm not trying to frighten you by my letters. You know, for some say, Paul's letters are demanding and forceful, but, but in person he's weak, and his speeches are worthless. 
these people should realize that our actions when we arrive in person will be as forceful as what we say in our letters from far away. Oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say, you know, that we're as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. But they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as a standard of measurement. How ignorant. Paul was really angry, pissed off by those people. You know, how many of you have you know, felt that way? That the real the way you feel right now is that you're angry or you are pissed off. And some of you might not be going through that, but there are some people definitely going through that. They're just angry, they're pissed off, you know, at the way some people have acted, the way some people have confronted them. And then Paul also faced physical dangers. Physical dangers, either through his, you know, as he was doing his work and all that, he faced certain physical dangers. So these are some constraints. Constraints. He said it this way. He said, yes, we live under constant danger of death. We live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus. So that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. That's in Second, you know, Second Corinthians, you know, chapter 4, uh, chapter 4, 11 and 12. You know, he said we, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus. So the life of Jesus will be evident in our, our mother, uh, mother body. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. So Paul says, so Paul talked about this constraint, saying there are things that are happening to me that I don't like, but these things are happening to me. Then he goes on, there are things that are happening around me. I'm just going to talk about that very quickly, you know, very, uh, in a very short uh, way. There are things that are happening around me. Things are happening about, around me. There were people that were, you know, they were just criticizing, you know, um, what Paul was preaching. They were, they were cynical about what, you know, Paul believed, you know. So some of them, you know, Paul says that, you know, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter, three, uh, chapter 4, verse 4, actually, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, he says, if the good news, you know, we preach, chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it's hidden from people who are perishing. Satan, the God of this world, has blinded their minds. Has blinded their minds that they will not see the light of the glorious gospel. So they don't understand this message about the glory of Christ. So they, the people that didn't understand what he was preaching, they couldn't understand him. They, 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 were, they were cynical about what he was preaching. So that was happening around him. And then Paul also was feeling the hurt of people based on some of his own actions. So he felt that the letter that he wrote you know, to them, hurt some people. Even though he felt like, you know, it was necessary for them to be hurt, but it was, it was still part of the constraint and the feeling, what was going on with Paul at this time. He said it this way in 2 Corinthians 7 from verse 8 to 9. He said, I'm not sorry that I sent that severe letter to you, though I was sorry at first, for I know it was painful for you for a little while. Now I'm glad I sent it. Not because it hurts you, but because the pain caused you to repent and to change your ways. It caused you to repent and to change your ways. So Paul was also dealing with how people are responding to some of the things that he wrote and the things that he did. Finally, Paul was going through constraint because of the sufferings of others around him. I know there are people in this place. I'm just trying to talk about the different range of emotions, different range of challenges that people are facing right now. The suffering of others. At that same, at that same time, the church in Jerusalem was going through a famine. They were suffering. And Paul was trying to raise money, trying to do all that so that they could take some money to them to assist the church in Jerusalem. So the Macedonian, he saw that they were very poor, but they gave. He was trying to tell the Corinthians, don't listen to what all these preachers are telling you about the fact that I'm not a, a, a good preacher. Or people are telling that he was going to just use, you know, that you should not even give to him. Paul was encouraging them. No, 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 no. You need to give. 
You need to do that so that I can, you know, we can go and minister to those who were suffering. So Paul was also facing constraint. He was facing constraint regarding the suffering of others. Mission the suffering of others. Look at it in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 to 4. He said, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has drawn through the churches in Macedonia, that we have been tested by many troubles. They have been tested by many troubles, and that they are very poor, and they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overshadowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did this in their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing the gift of, to the, for the believers in Jerusalem. And Paul goes on to now start talking about, you know, encouraging the Corinthians to give. That's where we get some of these messages that swear sparingly, shall receive also sparingly, you know, give as my purpose in his heart. You know, he was just talking about telling them, you know, you know God is able to make all grace abound. So he was trying to encourage them to give so that they can minister to those in Jerusalem. So, it was, so we see Paul constrained by what was happening to him. We see Paul constrained by what was happening around him. And finally, what was happening in him? What was happening in him? Paul says, as a result of all these things going on in the world, going on in the church, and going on personally with me, all these things happening to me, I'm going through a series of emotions. I'm going through a series, a range of emotions. He was going through some mental issues. Some mental issues. Some mental realities. Things happening in him. That nobody could see. Maybe you are watching me right now. You've been going through a series of mental issues. Things that are happening to you. Because of the constraints. Because of the realities of the moment. Maybe some things are going on there. You know, going on there in your house. Things are going on there at work. But those things are beginning to affect you. They are beginning to affect your focus. They are beginning to affect your purpose. They are beginning to affect, you know, your progress. This is what Paul was going through at this time. Number one, Paul says, you know, the, one of the first things going on in him was that he was, he had this longing that I just want to be in a different place. I just want to be in a better place. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. How many of you are feeling that way? I just want this lockdown to be over. I just want to be in another place. I just want something to change. Paul said it this way. He said, we grow weary in our present bodies. And we long to put on our heavenly body like new clothing. For we will put on our heavenly bodies, which will not be spirits without bodies. He said, while we live in these earthly bodies, we groan, we sigh. But it's not what we want. It's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. We want to put on new bodies that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. Paul was saying that, man, this, that's the way we feel. Is that there's a weariness, there's just this thing that comes that I just want something different. I just want something different. And in his own case, it's like, I just don't want to even leave this body and just go to be with Christ. The pressure is a lot. The pressure, these things are happening to me. You know, then he goes on to say, apart from that, there are fears happening and discouragement. Fears and discouragement that are, you know, happening within him. Different range, ranges of emotion. Emotions going on within him. He said in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5, that when he arrived at Macedonia, there was no rest for him. It, we faced conflict from every direction. We, with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 6, you know, he said, But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encourages us, encouraged us by the Arrival of Titus. So Paul was going through discouragement, you know, inside of him, fears, you know, going through all those things, range of emotions. So this is, you know, I say 
all these things. You know, why, why I took some time in this introduction for this month, because I want you to understand what we're doing this month. A whole range of emotions, a whole range of things, things happening to him, things happening around him, things happening within him. Got Paul into a particular mode. Actions of others, his own actions, all of them were getting inside of him, and they were trying to get his focus, his focus on the current realities, the current realities. And Paul begins to encourage us, and I'm going to be ending this message by talking about what Paul uh, tells us, you know, how, what Paul tells us about how to be able to live in this world. And I'll use the rest of this month to talk more about these realities of how to do it. So, Paul, the first thing that Paul tells us, that, you know, two things I'm going to talk about, two major things I'm going to talk about, about how Paul tells us to respond to this constraint. He said, the, the first thing is that we need to understand the reasons for these constraints. You need to understand the reasons for the moment. In other words, you need to understand the purpose behind this moment. The purpose of God. What is happening? The first thing, um, you know, we see. Let's look at it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. It says, For our present troubles are small, and they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So first of all, he wants us to know that these things are not permanent. They are temporary. But while... These things are happening now. This, all these things that I talked about right now, those realities, things are happening in your life right now. While, you know, they're happening, understand that they are temporary. But while that is happening, there's some good happening. There's something that God is doing in this season, guys. There's something happening with you now. Right there in your house, right there where you are, there's something happening to you right now. God is working something, and you've got to see what that thing is. So, number one, the first thing he says is that this season is an opportunity for you to receive something from God. Something that you'll be able to share after this season is over. Something that you'll be able to share with other people. In this lockdown, restraint, whatever is going on right now, God wants you to receive certain things that you will come out, that you'll come out with after this season is over, that will become a ministry. That will become something that will last Beyond now, that will last forever in your life. I'm telling you, there are certain things happening to me right now. And I know that coming out of this corona, they are completely transforming me. There are things I'm going to keep on using, 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 you know, after this period is over. God is doing the same thing in your life. There are certain things he's putting in alignment. There are certain things he's doing in you. That when it comes out, it's going to become ministry. The experience you are going through right now will become, will become encouragement for other people. You know, the discouragement that you went through and the comfort that you received from God at this time will become comfort for other people. The revelations that you are going to be receiving, you know, at this time will become revelations that you are going to share. You know, the realities that God will show you at this time will become things that you will share. Some of our biggest molding moments are the times we go through extreme constraints. And then, you know, God begins to show us. God begins to comfort us. God begins to teach us. Those things make us. Those things become our story. They become our message. Messages come from messes. Hallelujah. Stories, you know, glories come from stories. Messages come from messes. So maybe there's a mess going on in your life right now. Maybe there's something going on in your life right now. There's a message that is coming out of it. Hallelujah. There's a message and there's a ministry. Ministry comes from misery. Sometimes we go through misery and God turns it into ministry. And then you become a powerful minister for God. Look at what Paul said. He said it comforts us in all our troubles. 2 Corinthians 1, 4 to 7. 
He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are, when they are troubled. We'll be able to give them the same comfort God has given to us. See, the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we'll certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same thing we suffer. He's saying that the constraint that you are going through right now, the constraint you're going through right now, there's something going on in your life that God is producing something that other people will benefit from. Other people will benefit from it. That's one of the reasons for the moment. There's something God is doing now that is going to outlast this time in you. And it's going to become a ministry. It's going to become a ministry, an encouragement, a blessing to other people. Paul told us also that one of the reasons for the season is so that we can learn dependence from God. We're talking about the reasons for constraint, so that we can learn dependence from God. Uh, please go to the next one, so that we can learn dependence on God. You know, this time around, we are learning to depend on God. God is cutting off everything that we have put our dependence on. And if you are still depending on certain things, I know, you know the process is still ongoing, and this month is going to continue. We're learning dependence of God. Look at the way Paul said it. He said, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. from verse. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves. And we relearned to rely on God who raises the dead. We learned to rely on God. So we are learning reliance on God at this time. God is teaching us the purpose of the current realities is so that we will not depend on ourselves, but we will depend on him. God is teaching us to depend on him for our, for, uh, for our sustenance, for our health, for our provisions, you know, for everything, for our survival. God is teaching us to depend on him. And everything that we have depended upon, God is cutting those things off. I hope you guys have been able to get, um, you know, to understand the reason why you are going through some of the constraints that you are going through at this time. God is teaching you dependence. God is working something in you that you'll be able to transfer and use for other people. So finally, how do we respond? And I'm going to continue more on this next week. How do we respond? So I want to talk about my final point today, which is the response to constraint. Remember the first thing that I talked about today was to talk about the realities of constraints. And I talked about the different kind of constraints that we face right now. Then I talked about the, reason, the reasons for constraint. The reasons for constraint. And I talked about the fact that the reason why this is happening is so that you can be dependent on God and because God is working something in you more. So now, what's our response to constraint? How should we live? How should we, what should we do at this time? What should we deal with this current, how should we deal with this current reality? Very simple. I'm going to give you very simple. The first thing is you've got to keep it real. Keep it real. Keep it real. And I really want to talk about this, you know, as I hand. Keep it real. You see, some people have been taught that if you are going through stuff, some of us, you know, we, have been, you know, we, we were taught that too, you know, and, or maybe we, we misunderstood what we were being taught. Um, that 
Christians should not be real. You know, that you only confess positive, you only do all that. I believe in the power of confessions and all that. But confession does not deny what exists. Confessions, you know, produce a higher reality from God's word. One of the things I want to encourage you to do in the month of May is to open up. I want to encourage you to open up. I want to encourage you to be real. You know, find a group of people. If you are a city light in the small groups, talk. Um, you know, if you, you know, you have the opportunity to call people and to share, talk. Talk about what is going on. Talk about, don't, don't keep everything bottled up. Don't die in silence. Don't, don't, don't just stay there and suffer alone. Reach out. Be real. Share some of your joys. I mean, share your joys. Share your pressures. Share those things. You know, talk, find people that you can talk to and you can share. This is what is going on with me. So keep it real. Keep it real. Let's keep it Let's be real. Let's be real. Let's be real. Walking by faith does not mean that you deny what is happening. Paul said, yeah, we can see these things that are going on right now and we can see the effect on us, you know, but we have a higher truth. So keeping it true, look at the way he says it. He told the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. He said, please open your hearts to us. We have done we have done, not done wrong to anyone, nor led anyone astray, nor taken advantage of anyone. He said, I'm not saying this to condemn you. And I've said, I said it before, that you are in our hearts, and we live or die together with you. I have the highest confidence in you. You have greatly encouraged me and made me happy despite all of our troubles. So Paul, Paul was telling them, Paul was telling them, I want you to, Open up. I want you to be real. I want us to be authentic. I want us to share and be authentic. Just like I am being authentic with you and telling you my troubles, telling you the things that are going on with me. So keep it real. Keep it real. But understand that there is another, there's a higher reality. But he doesn't deny the fact. You shouldn't deny the fact that there are things that you got to share, you got to talk about, you got to be real. You got to, you know, people that you need to talk to and just say, you know, this is what is going on. Let's deal with this. Let's deal with this thing. Make sure you call, do all that, and get it out of the way. Get it out of the way. Hallelujah. And then the next thing, very important, is focus on the real reasons, the other realities that we're talking about. So as you keep it real, but the most important thing is now to focus. And that's our text for this month. It says, so we don't look at the troubles we see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. Verse 18. We fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. So Paul says, be real. Be real. Don't, be, don't, don't try to uh, pretend as, you know, if these constraints are not happening. But at the same time, I want you to look beyond the constraint. I want you to look beyond the constraint and look into the higher realities. Keep it real. But even keep it realer. <laughs> Hallelujah. If there's anyone like that, keep it more real. By going into the higher reality. So, it's real that you feel the pain in your body. It's real that you feel, uh, you know, you feel the emotional pain. It's real that you, you're going through some you know, depression. It's real that you're going through some mental anguish. It's real that you're going through some relational conflict. It's real that certain things are happening to you. Certain things are happening in you. Right. Don't deny that. And you can share that. But say, be even, go even, be, be even more real. Keep it even more real. By looking into the higher realities. 
He says, those things are the ones that will, that will last. This is my encouragement to you for today. And I'll continue this next week. I'll develop it more next week. But my encouragement to you today is this. There are certain realities based on what is going on around us now. There are certain realities as a result of what is going on. We feel it, and people feel it in different ways. Things are happening to us. Things are happening within us. Things are happening around us, and those things do affect us. Despite all these things that are happening, understand that there's a reason. There's a reason. God is working something out at this time in our world, and especially within us. God is teaching us to depend on him, and God is working something in us that will outlast this time that he will use for his glory. He will use to minister to others. In the midst of it, this is how you should respond. Keep it real. Don't deny what is going on. But at the same time, don't get locked up with what is going on. Focus on what is higher, what is real, what is in the word, what God has promised, what is in Christ, like we studied last month. Focus on the real thing. Let God take you on an adventure into the spirit world. Let God take you on an adventure into the future, into its purpose, into its plans, into its perspective. Let God take you on an adventure at this time into some things about your destiny that you have not seen, some things about yourself that you do not know right now. Let God take you into those realities. And in the midst of the current reality, begin to see those things unfold in your life. And you begin to say like Paul, you know, there was a, let me read this final scripture, Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 to 10. Paul got to a point in a sense, when, you know, after, you know, with all the realities going around him, he came, he got to a, con- a point. He said, you know, I went through some troubles. He said, I begged the Lord to take the thing away. But each time God said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. Paul says, I got to a point. With God working in me, I got to a point where now those things don't move me any longer. I see them as opportunity for Christ to work in me, for the power of Christ to work in me. And now I rejoice when I see those things because I now understand what God is doing through them. And that's my encouragement to you this week, that no matter what is going on with you right now, there's a divine purpose working right in the midst of it. And if you will look at the higher realities and look to God, you will see, you, and depend on the grace of God, you will see, you will get to that point where you see all these weaknesses and these constraints as opportunities for the power of Christ to manifest in your life. Let me quickly pray for you. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for everybody hearing me today. Thank you for the words that you have delivered to us today. I pray, Lord, that as people are listening from different places right now, let your spirit just go, just touch them where they are, from within them, to comfort those who are going through, going through pain, to encourage those who are going through discouragement, Lord, to, to lift up people, to change right now the atmosphere around them, to lift people to your perspective, for them to see what you are doing. I pray for people that this month, God will take everyone under the sound of my voice into an adventure, an adventure with you, an adventure of revelations, of visions, to see the higher realities that will lift us above the current realities and prepare us for what is ahead of us. Thank you, Father, because you have begun this in the life, in every home, and in the life of everyone that is hearing me right now. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to the Globe Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.